Hi, and welcome to episode 66 of No Crying in Baseball, the It's So Frickin' Cold We're Drinking Hot Tea Instead of Beer episode. My name's Patty. I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. That would be me. I would be the one with the spiked beer. There is a shot of Jack Daniels just to make my tea a little bit warmer. Good for you. I feel better about the whole way the show's going to work out now that I know there's a little something extra in your tea. I'm all set. And I'm keeping warm lately. What you've been doing is stay warm. I am watching baseball. And everybody out there that I'm, I'm looking at on Twitter and things like that are complaining about lack of baseball. Folks, there is baseball happening. The winter leagues all over northern Latin America, more or less. Uh, but I think- But, but wait, but wait. I, I don't feel comfortable watching baseball with the language I don't understand. Can you help me, Potty Mouth? I can help you. Excellent. So I'm usually an English teacher, but now I'm going to be a little bit of a Spanish teacher. And Patty, I'm going to give you some some keywords. And okay. for our listeners, if you got these mastered, you can really watch these games. It's not too tough. So here's my level one words for you, Patty. Okay. The first one is a strike. That sounds like strike. Is it strike? It's strike. Awesome. And then I'm we good have, at this. We have out- and we have foul. I'm pro- my accent's probably a little off with those two. Oh, that's, those are the Spanish versions. That's the Spanish I'm version. I'm going to go with out and foul there for those. Go. All right. I you am get, acing this. I'm you a get good to student. level up. You're, right. you're leveling up now. Okay, On medium level, we have bolas. Balls. Good. Conron. That sounds like home run in a weird kind of way, but you know. It is. It and, is, really? And when we get to the advanced lessons, uh-huh. I will be giving you more words for home run. But okay. right now, we're going we're gonna to go with conron. Then we have base. That's sounding like bass. And then we have a picheo. And pitch. There you go. I'm so good at Spanish. We're going to bring you to the challenge level. Uh, if all you right, have all right. this, you can turn on your, uh, I was going to say TV, but whatever device you use to watch and check out the next game. The first one is doble matanza. All right. So doble has got to be double. So am I, am I hitting doubles? What am I doing? Okay. Give me I'll a hint give you here. a hint. Matanza is a, is a massacre, killing. Oh, double play. Yes. Oh, yeah. awesome. That's so a, a double really massacre violent the- <laughs> name that go. play. Defense is sexy and violent. Uh, speaking of sexy defense, yeah. we have our campo corto. Corto right. is short. Well, that would be the shortstop. That would be the person who has the violent double play or the doble matanza. Exactly. Doble matanza. Yeah, okay. but it's in the campo, which is a peaceful place. He's in the field. He's short field instead of shortstop. Okay. Uh, I'm getting a little confused with the next one because there's two names for the same place. One is jardín and the other is bosque. Okay, jardín is garden or or yard or something. Yeah. Yep. So, but I don't know what bosque is. Is is forest. And so this is the outfield. That's so the it outfield. Seems like okay. There's two names, and then I can't also- see the garden for the trees. Maybe that's oh. it. Or, or they're both there somehow together because then we have the guys who are out there and they're either called the jardineros, which are the gardeners. The gardeners. Or the guardabosques, which is a- Am I guarding the forest? Guard, yeah, forest gardeners. Awesome. We're yeah. playing D&D now. Look at us we, go. All we're right. totally All right. leveling up. So that, what I've been cracking up at is every time somebody strikes out, I'm watching the Dominican League here, the guy, the announcer guy goes, I don't know if I can get his inflection. He goes, se fue a tomar café. Which wait, wait, means- wait. Tomar Cafe would be take coffee. Have coffee. Yes. Right? Have he, a coffee? he went to have a cup of coffee. So, so he wasn't paying attention. He was off drinking coffee instead of instead of watching the ball. I guess that must be <laughs> it. So that's a, that's what they say when he struck out. And if they're talking about like their totals for the game, he might say he's had three cups so far, meaning that he's struck out three times. Uh, more cool stuff about watching the Dominican League. It is dedicated this season to Vladimir Guerrero. Uh, and is, is in recognition of his Hall of Fame last year. And the commercials are fucking awesome. We have both Cano and Big Poppy in the commercials. 
And what it is, is in the beginning, somebody's trying to get them to wear the hat of their rival team, but their rival Dominican team, and they won't do it, they won't do it. And at the end of the commercial, they put on the Dominican hat saying, when it comes to the the finals, to after this, when it goes to the Caribbean series, we are all together. Like, we're all Dominican. We're and all one to- team. Eventually. Oh, I like it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, I still haven't seen any of this. Maybe I should just like never leave your house. Because then, then I could watch. Yeah, today's a day off, unfortunately. Come back tomorrow. I might. I just might do that. This week on the show, um, now that we're done with our Spanish lesson, although I think I want you to come back later and quiz me to make sure I'm learning these things, you will hear the names Babe Ruth, Dion Sanders, Thor, and Loki. Watch for them. Hit your buzzers. When you hear them, there might be prizes for you. We're also going to talk about some silly spats that are getting news coverage because there's no hot stove to talk about much this week. Um, we're going to tell you about our boyfriends in the Mariners and the Cardinals. And then we're going to get Potty Mouth's picks for the Winter League Finals. She's going to do that part in English, but I bet she could do it in Spanish if she wanted to. Yeah, more Spanish to come on that too, because we have some fun team names there. A not-so-fun team name for me, how about that segue, is the Yankees. And they signed Odovino, who is a free agent, relief closer, fucking closer, closing pitcher from the Rockies, right? How many do they need? That's my problem as a Red Sox fan. They already have Chapman. Batances, who's their setup guy, cl- closed last year when Chapman wasn't available. He can do it. And they have Zach Britton. Like, do you need that many closers? I'm not just talking. They're talking about how great their bullpen is. But these are guys who are a shutout inning. And if you have four of those? That seems, that seems like greedy and possibly unfair. I was a little cranky, and so I was I was wistfully wishing that the Red Sox had signed Odovino until I saw this uh, article or maybe just an interview with him where he said that he could have struck out Babe Ruth every time. I prove him wrong, I guess, right? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and, and the quote about it is the coolest dude. He said, I'm not trying to disrespect him, you know, rest in peace, shout out to Babe Ruth. But it was, a, I know, dude, like, you could ima- imagine the hand what is motions he, 12? there. Mm-hmm. But it was a different game. I mean, the guy ate hot dogs and drank beer and did whatever he did. It was just a different game. Those 1920s hot dogs were a big thing, I think, right? <laughs> I think they probably were. Yeah. Oh, good God. So go figure. I don't feel so bad about it. I am concerned about the Red Sox. Don't know what's going to happen. And we'll see what happens with Kimbrel, too, at this point. Well, all right. We're going to do a follow-up to um, Kyler Murray, who I talked about a little bit last week because he was the the guy that was drafted by the Oakland A's, but then as the Heisman Trophy winner was going to declare for the NFL draft. And there was a lot of questions about what he was going to do. And as of our recording the show last Sunday, he hadn't decided yet. He did, in fact, declare for the NFL. And that just sort of kicks the can a little farther down the road. It's not saying that he can't play for the A's. It's just saying, yes, I want to be available for the NFL draft. So he's kind of putting off decisions. In the meantime, he's trying to get $10 million more million from the Oakland A's. This is you know, as a draftee. I mean, like, new kid. I, is he mm, worth that? He's good, but come on. That's a lot of money up yeah. front. So um, the media went out and found folks, like we mentioned last week, who have played more than one professional sport, including Deion Sanders. And Deion Sanders actually says, go for baseball. It's It'll be hard for him to do both because he's a quarterback and apparently there are different, I, I don't know, something about that makes it more complicated than just a, you know, a running back or something else. But he, Deion Sanders says that he actually regrets not 
paying more attention to baseball when he was playing it, not kind of being all in on baseball. He was an NFL Hall of Famer, but he kind of looks back and says, I wish I would have paid more attention to what I was doing baseball. He said, go for baseball and don't look back. I don't know what he's going to do, but that's those are the words from Dion. I think baseball is better for your health overall. Well, see, that's what some of the advice he's been getting is you can play for longer and the concussion risk is so far down that so many of the risks that are involved in football are, are, are mitigated a little bit in, in baseball. There's a lot more money up front in football. So do you want to cash in early? I, you know? But your brain is priceless. And we have all sorts of great stories about uh, baseball players with hefty brains, right? Isn't that what's coming next? We do. We do. Yeah. We have some hefty brain stuff. And I was going to say, Potty Mouth, your brain is priceless to me. So, oh, yeah. I will not play football. Yeah, Although you. I'm going to watch it one more time today. But uh, yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. So there's this spat. There's a silly silly spat happening between Chris Bryant of the Cubs and Yadier Molina and John Brebbia of the Cardinals. And a few other people have been kind of chiming in a little bit, but Chris Bryant was being interviewed and they were asking, you know, where do you like to play? Where do you hate to play? And he says out loud that St. Louis is boring. And his outside voice, right? Boring. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, right out there in the world with language. It's boring. And really, really, dude, have a little more class. I've always kind of liked Chris Bryant. Now I'm thinking judgment, poor judgment. Well, and then that was followed by a reaction with poor judgment. Our our boyfriend, pal, Yachty, shoots back and says, that was stupid. He's a loser. I'm like, okay, now that could have been restrained a little bit. And then Brebia, who apparently Bryant is 0 for 4, um, try, trying to hit against Brebia, said, cry me a river, loser. And then walked it back saying, I was just kidding. I'm like, okay, number one, come on. And number two, this is what we have to talk about. So we shouldn't talk about that anymore, should we? Maybe one more time. I don't think so. But you know what? It makes me feel better about giving up Yadier Molina today when we're picking our cards boyfriends because I was really, he was one that I was really hung up about and he does all this great charity work. But you know, he just made that a little bit easier. Thank you, Yadi, for your service. Let's go boyfriends. Boyfriends, before we go to the Cardinals, we're going to start in the American League with the Mariners. And I am picking Mitch Haniger, right field, 28 years up, years old. And, and this week I'm going with these quotations. So the guys that I picked are just things that while I was reading, there was some quote that just spoke to me. And the one that did about Mitch Haniger was said by the general manager, Jerry Depoto, who said, I think when you want your son to grow up and be a baseball player – you want him to be somewhere in the lines of Mitch Haniger. So yeah, the guy that you want your kid to grow up and be like. He also said he represents everything we want to build around and be about as a team, meaning he is staying there and the GM is going to do anything he can to keep it that way. We like stable boyfriends. Good work there. We do. And losing Segura, which worked out for you because he moved, uh, but he, he we talked about him moving from the Mariners last week. He moved from the Mariners because he was at that level of Hanniger, and he went with him for the trade and not Hanniger. So long way of me saying that I think he's staying, yeah. He uh, started off with the D-backs. He debuted in August of 2016, and his first hit was a triple off of Syndergaard with the Mets, which wait, is pretty wait, impressive. Wait, can I pause here and say this Please gives do. me an opportunity to say the word Thor, yeah. not when I meant to say the word Thor. I'm going to say Thor again later. It's a two-Thor show. Uh, yeah, extra Thor is always a good thing. <laughs> oh, totally you are good. so yeah. right. Holy, yeah, yeah, you're right. Speaking of Thor, he busted out in 2017. Is that something Thor would do? 
that's more the Hulk thing, but that's okay. That's, oh, a, okay. Good effort. I'm good trying. Effort. I really yeah, try with this nerddom. And so he ended up, when they moved him into batting second, he was hitting 318. There's a stat for everything. This is really weird. He was the first Mariner with five hits and three doubles in a game. So I don't know who keeps that t- statistic, but there it is. Uh, but the first at something, you know. He had a couple of really long, unfortunate DL stints his rookie year. One was for an oblique sta- strain. <clears throat> yeah, this whiskey's doing really well. <laughs> oblique strain. The other one, July 30th to August 18th, he had a facial, facial laceration from a DeGrom fastball. So you I'm don't not, want that. You don't want to stop that fastball with your face. It sounds really scary. I don't understand the extent of this injury, but I'm glad that he's better. And he had a great year in 2018, going 285. And when you're measuring war, wins against replacement for right fielders, he's in mighty good company. He is fourth only after Mookie Betts, Aaron Judge, and Kristen Yelich. And they moved him to the leadoff spot in August, and he went for it. And he talked about it basically saying, ah, I had to make a couple of adjustments, but he was excited to have that opportunity. He, he sort of performs on command, it seems, because he hit a home run in April because his dad asked him to. His family was all <laughs> coming to the game to celebrate his cousin's first communion. Dad asked him to have a Hannah gone, and uh, it was gone out of the park. He is married to his high school sweetheart, Amanda, uh, who he married in 2016. He was an all-star last year in 2018. And when he was called in, he said, you know, Segura is the same as me. I can't believe I'm being called, and he isn't. And then Segura got voted in. He sort of predicted it, we could say. He was part of that cool Japan trip that we've talked about a couple times after last season with Juan Soto. And uh, he was amazed by the amount of respect and admiration that they got out there. And he felt very grateful, thankful for it. And the reason why he was sent out especially is because the Mariners are going to have an exhibition game against the A's in Japan in March. And apparently Hanager is such a, a, let's see, OCD a little bit about his prep before a game that they wanted him to actually be out there and figure out, okay, this is where I can go. This is the food I can eat. This is how I can prepare my six hours where I zone out and become what they say, baseball robot before the game. So it's recon for opening day. Exactly. Ah. Yeah. So he'll be, he'll, and he can be like the Mariners tour, tour guide in Japan <laughs> at that point. He'll know all the cool places to hang out. It, they call him the shed because he has so many tools, which kind of cracks me up. I appreciate that humor because he can run and he can throw and he can bat. And they talk about his sixth tool. Now, I, I mentioned three. I don't know what the other two are, but his sixth one is his charity work. He's just a great guy, which is Tons of extra baseball boyfriend points for this podcast. He went to Seattle Children's Hospital in um, right after the season, and they brought stuff from Topps baseball cards and made actual baseball cards with the kids in them, and he signed the cards. And he also went to Hawaii in the offseason, but for a good reason. As Is part that of, a bad reason? Yeah. You know, I'm thinking if you can align your charity work with a trip to Hawaii, you're not doing bad. He went with a group called More Than a Game, and what they do is renovate fields. And hey, there's fields to renovate in Hawaii. Sure. He did some major field renovation and taught kids there. So I like this guy. I like that guy too. Um, I can't remember all five. It's five tools is mm-hmm. what they normally talk about. I know it's hit for power. It's like hit for average. And there's speed. 
And yes. there's some other things that are also there that we Something will report back too. later. Yep. But you're you're right. You got two more than I did because so the power and the average are two separate hitting. Yeah, yeah. So it's definitely a five tool thing. And now the six tool. We can talk about the six tool in the future. I like it. When I had my Phillies boyfriend pick, I went with with Gene Segura because he had just been traded from the Mariners. So I thought it was only fair to pick my Mariners boyfriend as the guy they got in return, who is JP Crawford, who is a shortstop. Plus, he's been doing second base, he's been playing third base, he's been moving around a lot, but they haven't listed a shortstop, only 24 years old. I thought he was around for longer. He wasn't. He is still a new guy. He is a sports family, grew up in a sports family, and baseball hit him young. He did a book report on Jackie Robinson when he was nine years old. That's pretty good. So he's a, as a kid from Long Beach. His, uh, his dad is a four-time Canadian Football League All-Star. His mom was a collegiate volleyball player. He has two sisters, older and younger. They both got full rides to Cal State Fullerton for sports. His older sister for softball and his younger sister just got got in for volleyball. She's a senior this year, so she'll be going next year. What an amazing family. Isn't that cool? And he turned down a scholarship to, um, to USC to go right to the Phillies because he was drafted out of high school, but he too could have had a full ride to college for sports. But he got into baseball because his older sister, the softball player, used to take him along to practices and he would do batting practice with the softball team. So this is a case where it kind of worked in reverse. It was, you know, it was the girl who plays softball who got the boy into baseball. Usually we tell the other story, like, you know, the, the, the younger sister kind of tagged along and kind of got into sports. This, this was the reverse, which is I think is pretty cool. He also kind of grew up within all the outreach programs that MLB runs. We have talked in the past, including last week, about the, the Urban Youth Academies that MLB has. They have 10 of them around the country. We talked about the Washington Nationals Youth Academy. The one in Compton was the very first one, and J.P. Crawford went through that program. He used to go work at and hang out at the academy there. And he also participated in their um, Reviving Baseball and Inner Cities program, which, you know, is the, the RBI is the acronym for that one. And even as a kid, he did the MLB Pitch Hit and Run Camp uh, contest, which you see advertised all the time. Um, if you're watching major league shows, you see all these things. For, it's for kids to come out and just show their skills. He was a champ in like 2005 or 2006. So he has he took advantage of all the opportunities and all the outreach that Major League Baseball did into inner cities, into, into Compton, for instance. Um when he was scouted as a high school player, it was sort of uh, by accident. There was a Philly scout there to look at the pitcher of that game, and they have they saw J.P. Crawford. And so that kind of got him on the road to getting drafted later with the Phillies. Um, his claim to fame in the minor leagues in AAA was he had an inside-the-park Grand Slam in 2017. Yeah, right? That's That can't happen that often. It, it cannot. And he is fast. But if you're the last guy, I mean, your speed isn't necessarily the thing. Although he did slide under a tag for the dramatic, you know, nice. safe at home thing. This, the catcher apparently already had he already had the ball in his hand and he still managed to get there, get there first. So that was pretty cool. He's got very sexy defense. He has had long stretches at a time where he's been error-free in the field, which I appreciate, absolutely. So he debuted in September of 2017, the same year he got that 
inside the park uh, grand slam. His first home run wasn't until the beginning of the 2018 season, however, where he hit a second deck home run at the bank. So that's a pretty nice way to get the season kicked off. Unfortunately, he had a couple of injuries and was on the DL a couple of times through 2018, so his stats aren't that great. One of the injuries, he actually had a broken hand when he was hit by a pitch, Ouch. and that's oh no joke. Um, he's better now, so everyone's looking forward to you know him starting in a good, flashy way with the Mariners. Um, personal life, he is still with his, um, I believe, high school sweetheart, because it's been about five years, and he's a young guy, um, Kathleen, and he's got two dogs currently, Loki who's a Husky and Thor. There it is. There's your second Thor mention. And um, Loki is kind of famous because you know how players will put an insignia or a logo or something on the the knob of the bat, on the the bat handle. He's got a picture of his pup on the bat. So that's pretty cool. Um, they do a lot of work when he was they, when they were in Philadelphia. They did work on um, clearing the shelters, you know, encouraging people to adopt pets. That was pretty awesome. They fostered dogs themselves and um, to get them out of the shelters until they they could find their forever homes. And I like that. And here's a guy who's still pretty young who's using his social media for good. He he amplifies a lot of social justice posts, a lot of the the um, the Colin Kaepernick stuff around you know the Nike thing, um, a lot of criminal justice things. A lot lot of that. So I'm pretty excited about the future for J.P. Crawford. I'm happy to have him as my Mariners boyfriend. That's a good voice to have in baseball. And we're on to the Cardinals. And with the Cardinals, I'm picking the outfielder, Marcel Osuna. I was very close to picking Randy As- – man, and I'm fucking it up, and I picked him for his name. Randy <laughs> Arosarena. Rosarena. Yeah, I almost picked him last year and he's still in the in the minors and I think he might come up this year, but actually they're saying he might only come up if Asuna gets injured since Asuna had injuries last year that I'll talk about. So right now I'm going to claim him as my backup. All okay. Right? My backup Stake is the claim Rosarena. Also, I was kind of thinking I could watch him because he's in the Mexican League right now. Well, he was playing with the Mayos de Navaoja, but they got eliminated. More on that later. The quote that got me to Asuna was the Marlins president of baseball ops, where he came from, said, is it okay to say that he's my favorite? Oh. And, you know, if he's somebody's favorite, that's a good thing. Also, his nickname is Big Bear, and I already have a bear, Jorge Alfaro from the Phillies, the catcher that I picked already. He's known as Oso, so I have Oso in Spanish, Big Bear in English. They can hang out together. You've got a theme. I like it. You I've need got, one more so you can have the three bears. There's something going on here. Uh, a little bit of a downer is that he quit high school as a junior when he signed at age 17 with the Marlins from $32,000, coming from the Dominican Republic and uh, with the family that he came from, where both of his parents were very much working class. I can see where that that is, but he kind of redeemed himself, and I'll come back to that. So he got up to the majors in the end of 2013, and he was up there all of 14, and he was sent back down in 15. Again, this is when he's with the Marlins, Um, and that can be rough psychologically, but people around him said that it really didn't affect his attitude at all. They said that everything he did, he did with a smile because he loves to play the game. So he was smiling in the minors, he smiled his way back up to the majors, and made it to be an all-star in both 2016 and 2017. He boomed in 17 with a gold glove and a silver slugger and 37 home runs. That's nothing to sneeze at. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. 
And and for the Mar- Marlins, what did you do? Uh-huh. Anyway, it works for me for having them for the cards now. A- another one of those weird baseball stats. So since they started counting RBI, he's the ninth guy to get six RBI with, and this is how the stat goes, two or fewer at-bats. Can you tell me mathematically how you could get six RBI with fewer than two at-bats? That would be one, I'd have to invoke fake news in order to make that work with one, but I could try. Yeah, no, that makes no sense whatsoever. Math is hard, but not that hard. Go figure. You actually talked about him last year on this podcast when he was in this blockbuster trade to the Cardinals. And there was all this huge ex- expectation that he was going to romp, and he did not. He had sort of a so-so 18. He dropped from 37 home runs the year before to 23. He went from average 312 to 280. He went on the top of, of the 10 who are slugging. He went down 10 levels. So whatever number he was for his sluggers, he dropped 10 slots. And his throw velocity was going down, and the Cards fans got cranky. He was afraid that he was trying too hard, that he's in this different place trying to get used to it, different city with a lot of more pressure and expecting a good team. So this like the slump Cardinals. caused by being in a new place and all of this, but but a slump, like a, his fault slump. That's what he said, yeah. but he was having shoulder problems, which he uh. kind of discredited. He got a cortisone shot, and then in September, he shot back up to, to averaging 324. Jeez, oh, Pete's. That's huge. Yeah. So I think he can give himself a break and say maybe his shoulder was fucked up. And maybe mention that. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm hopeful that he will come back next year. He had surgery in October. He's rehabbing right now in the DR. And he should be ready in 2019. He uh, was an interesting position. We talked about that Japan game last year. There's also this Taiwan connection. I had no clue that MLB has had five ambassadors to the baseball park in Taiwan for youth in Taipei City. And he was the fourth one to go in 2017. And they send this one player, I have no clue how he's chosen, over to Taiwan to do baseball clinics with kids and engage with charity groups. So it's cool and unusual. Very strange huh. to know about, but probably baseball boyfriend points. Sure. Background, his parents separated when he was seven years old, and he was super close to his dad, so he chose to live with his father, who worked in a paint factory, and lived with his mom on weekends, who is a housemaid. He was so close with his dad, he lived with him until he got married in 2013. He has three kids right now, three, yeah, with his wife, Kennesis, age seven, three, and one. And when he was with the Marlins, there was a wives game with the Marlins against the Waves, Rays and his wife hit a homer. Awesome. I will post that video because it's pretty cool. He has redeemed himself with that academic issue that we were talking about before by really being serious and studying English. And he's fluent in English and uses that to help mentor the prospects that come from Latin America. And about that spat you were talking about before with Chris Bryant. You mean that the loser stupid spat? The loser stupid thing. So I'm feeling okay for swapping Yachty, who said loser, with Osuna, whose comeback was, from outside, they speak and talk like tiger, but at the end, they're going to be like little cat. Oh, he owns them. I love it. <laughs> okay. I just, for that alone, that, that would have won me over just right there. I picked such a nerd. Oh my God, did I ever pick a nerd as my Cardinals boyfriend? And I am so proud, and I'm going to stick with my, my nerd cred right here. Paul DeYoung, shortstop, 25 years old. Another young guy. Nerd, 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 nerd. He grew up in Orlando. His mom does uh, works in the HR department at 
Disney World. How cool is that? They used to go there and hang out a lot as a family, which would kill me dead, but that made them happy. So yay for that. He did not get college scholarships for ball playing. He did not get drafted out of high school because of his baseball prowess. He went to Illinois State and walked on the baseball team. He just showed up and tried to do that. You can show up. You can try out usually. And you know, you know, he's not going to get a scholarship for it. They're not going to pay him to be there or pay for a school, but he can do it. So with this, with his part-time not paid for a gig on the baseball team, he managed to lead the league. This was the, um, the Missouri Valley Conference. He managed to lead, lead the league in home runs while at the same time in 2015 being named the Capital One Academic All-American. Academic, you heard that, All-American in biochemistry and pre-medicine. Not too shabby. Not too shabby. And then he won the, um, the NBC Commissioner's Academic Excellence Award all four years in college. So what he was doing was establishing medicine as his emergency backup in case baseball didn't work out. Oh, maybe I'll just become a doctor if I have to. How about that? But he and people around him have said that his scientific background has actually helped him continue to improve with baseball because of experiments. He understands the, okay, this isn't working quite right. What is one thing I can change and test it out? What is one other thing I can change and test it out? Very methodical, learning from learning from his experience, trying new things. So it's really helped him improve. He was um, a four, he was picked in the fourth round in 2015 by the Cardinals and debuted in, in um, 2017. He homered in his first at bat against the Rockies. So hello, welcome to the major leagues. I started slow, but I have caught up to my potential. Here I am. He was the first rookie to ever lead the Cardinals in the number of home runs in the season with 25 since Pujols did it in 2001. That's a long time since a rookie had the most home runs on that team. He was such a um, a prolific and powerful hitter that he led or tied um, the card uh, on the Cardinals for things like multi-hit games, um, slugging percentage, and a couple other stats. He was just that good his rookie season. He also finished second to Cody Bellinger, other boyfriend of ours in the past, as the National League Rookie of the Year in 2017 because he just was that good and started with a bang. The other interesting thing he did in 2017 was he signed an extension as a rookie for six years $26 million. One of the interesting things about the time covered by that is it goes to least 30, which covers your, usually your, your best years, right? Your most prolific. We've talked about like age 28 is kind of usually the high point in a baseball player's career. It takes him up to when he would be a free agent and it covers arbitration years. So he and the Cardinals don't have to do that, write a number down and pass it across the table and figure out whose number you're going to take. He's golden. He is golden for the next six years. Um, it's good for him because it's guaranteed. He doesn't need to mess around. And it's good for the cards because they are paying for his best years. Then they can see what happens when free agency comes. But right now he's covered for his best years, good on both sides. He's such a nerd, God bless him, that in the off season, he still does scientific research. It turns out that his agent's dad is a world-renowned scientist. And so they have done baseball science research projects together the past two years. Two years ago, they studied the effect of temperature, of heat, on baseballs to see if it makes 
baseballs fly more, fly less, all of that. And they actually went to the winter meetings and presented their findings. They had a scientific presentation at the winter meetings about, about baseballs, how it's, how it's treated by heat. Um, he's also a nerd because, and I appreciate this as well, he loves classical music. In fact, his brother is getting a PhD as a, as a, as a, uh, as a pianist, right? So this is part of his family, part of his upbringing. He does fundraisers with the Palm Beach Symphony. Their galas, all of those things, he shows up, he donates. But also he helps their program that gets musical instruments to kids who can't afford them. So I'm all about that nerdiness and charity work and boyfriend points. And I'm so happy with the nerdiness that I'm willing to overlook all the posts on his social media about how much he enjoys hunting. Yeah, I, I can relate. I had to do that with Charlie Blackman last year. But otherwise, this sounds like an ideal boyfriend for you. Nerds. Hey, so I learned some Spanish language to help me watch the, uh, the the Winter League games, but who should I root for? I will tell you exactly who to root for, and you've got to trust me completely. For Cuba, you're going to root for Los Leñadores de las Tunas because they already won. So we're talking about finals. <laughs> so we're talking this about- This logic I could <laughs> totally get behind. This one works. So there's five Winter Leagues that I'm keeping up on now who are going to be playing in the Caribbean series eventually, but they're all in finals except for Cuba. Their finals are over. Los Leñadores won. And my my Spanish vocabulary is, is improving There's something about tuna fish, right? It's nothing to do with tuna fish. Oh, come <laughs> the, on. The tunas is the place that oh, they're okay, from. Okay, So they're yeah. the leñadores. And I knew that leña was firewood. So I'm thinking leñador is a woodcutter. And then I double-check myself in the dictionary, and they're lumberjacks. Sure they so are. The lumberjacks, cool and they're okay. They are totally okay. We're rooting for the Lumberjacks. <laughs> They've won. Now, the Dominican League I'm very invested in because the Estrellas Orientales have my boyfriend, Fernando Tatis Jr., and his father managing. They also have Miguel Sano, who is on our not-a-boyfriend list because of some alleged uh, harassment last year. But we're going to just kind of skirt by that for the moment. And Yosmani Tomas from the D-backs, who wanted to play so badly, he's playing DH because they wouldn't let him feel the D-backs were afraid of an injury. But he's hitting, and they romped the first two games, 13-1, to 6-1, to 1, against the Toros del Este, who then came back and won 13-2. to 2. It's a fucking nine-game series. Between That's two long, teams? Between like, instead of, like, teams. not best of five, not best seven, it's best of nine? Go figure. So they played three. They have today off. They have three more, and then they have a day off, and then they have three more. And they're going back and forth from stadiums daily. I figured like the three-game chunk would be at one, but I guess the geography is kind. So all right, tune into them tomorrow. We all ha also have the Venezuelan League. Their finals start this Tuesday. I'm going to tell you to root for the Cardenales de Lara because they're the team that Luis Valbuena and Jose Castillo were on. And those are the two players who were tragically killed in Venezuela in this offseason. More on that in episode 61 if you want the details. But they're going up against the Leones de Caracas. So, so we go, are rallying around them. Go Cardinales. Yep. That's our game. Uh, that's our team. Your logic is really sound so far. So far, so good. It gets even better. Then we have the Puerto Rican League, which is the Liga Baseball Profesional Roberto Clemente, dedicated to him in Puerto Rico. And they just came out of a round robin with three teams in a really weird way. So the Cangre Cangrejeros de Santurce are definitely in. They're going to the finals. And I, we're rooting for the Cangrejeros because Mako Oliveras, who we interviewed last season on this podcast, was the coach of that team three times, I think, and made it to the Caribbean series. So we're going with Cangrejeros because of Mako. 
The last league I'm going to talk about is the Liga Mexicana Pacifico, the Mexican Winter League. Their finals begin tomorrow, and we are rooting for the Charros de Jalisco. Not because I know anything about Jalisco. I don't know about the town. The Charros, I had to look up the name. And as far as I can tell, it's a fancy Mexican cowboy outfit. And to, to dress up like a charro is to dress up like a Mexican, is what they say. Also, they have Sergio Romo from the from Tampa Bay on there. So that's got to go well. And they're going against the Yaquis de Obregón. And I'm going to say X on the Yaquis because it's a tribal name and their mascot rivals Wahoo. Yeah, so Potty Mouth showed me this mascot as somebody from Cleveland who has been ashamed of Wahoo for many years now. And it looks like sort of an anime version of, you know, it's just it's just bad. It's like if Wahoo was drawn by a Japanese anime artist, that's what you would get. And it's not good. It is not good. Um, I'm going to go with all of Potty Mouth's recommendations because I'm going to believe her because I trust her. I'm not going to do any independent research. It's a good friend of mine and she told me this is true. So it must be true. So what could possibly go wrong if that's how you make your decisions? In there life? is flawless logic behind <laughs> all of those picks. Who we got next week? Well, so next week, um, we're going to be doing some research on boys from Tampa Bay and the Atlanta Braves. So that's going to be fine. It's going to be fine, even though, you know, I don't care for the Braves all that much. I guess, do we call them the team from Atlanta too? We, we could do that. We'll we call them the that. team from Atlanta. Um, and then we're going to be like counting down some days. For those of you who aren't watching baseball right now, you can count down to spring training in 22 days, seven hours, 15 minutes, and a matter of seconds from this recording. God, that sounds like no time at all. Please let there be no time at all. While you're counting those days down, please write a review. Please subscribe to the show. Tell your friends about it. And until then, say goodnight, Potty Mouth. Goodnight, Potty Mouth.